Hello and welcome to Somos Padres, a podcast dedicated to the constant development of our parenting and ourselves. We are your hosts, Paulo and Yesenia. Thanks for joining us as we share our parenting experiences rooted within the context of our own life journey. In that spirit, we will also be sharing parenting information and the stories of mothers and padres out there who have embraced their own personal evolution as the greatest gift of parenthood. Here we go. Hello and welcome back to Somos Padres. Welcome back, everyone. Paulo is back in the house. Yes, I'm back. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Yeah? Yep. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you have not been on the podcast for a while. All of summer, you took a summer break. All of the summer, I was off the podcast. Yeah. How yeah. was that for you? Well, you kicked me out. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was on uh, summer vacation and I, I really took it literally. Yeah. Literally summer break for me. Did you mind that I did the summer series by myself? No, I don't mind. I yeah. don't mind because you were the uh, you were the one that devoured all these books. A mm-hmm. lot of them. I only read a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you were the one that were going to bring all this inf- information in a concise mm-hmm. way. And you did it through like five episodes. Yeah. So we actually recorded, <clears throat> before we get into the summer series, we actually recorded this episode like an hour ago. Oh, yeah. We recorded this episode an hour ago. An hour ago. Yeah. And it didn't go well. It didn't go well. What happened? Well, I got upset. <laughs> yes. You got upset. I don't know what the heck happened, but I was like, I feel like we we talked in uh, an hour, about an hour ago. We were talking about Mexico and that conversation. I just felt like it took a turn um, because we went to Mexico over the summer. And then we went on and started talking about me- my meditation retreat. And that just took this crazy turn. And I just felt like, are you still stuck in, a pr- in the previous conversation? And whatever issue was kind of there for you just transferred into the meditation conversation and now i don't know just turned into this negative conversation yes uh i don't know or maybe that's just no yeah no the energy from that previous meditation just like came afloat into the next conversation Mm -hmm. which was about about the meditation and uh, just for people listening, actually, we we just put our kids to bed. <laughs> we did. Then we took a stop and we said, okay, and that's why I'm bed. like more reflecting right now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the heck did just happen? And what happened? Well, <clears throat> I get upset. Okay. Can I got specific. I got upset <laughs> because I'm like, oh my god! And for me, money is a trigger. Uh huh. Money is a trigger because for me, I have this vision. Or want my retirement, if I get to live to my retirement, uh-huh. it's going to be like. Okay. Yeah. And uh, during the, the summer update. Yes. Of our lives. Uh-huh. And about the Mexico trip and all that with the uh-huh. children. 
uh, it came to this um, point that where I asked you that I needed more help. Uh-huh. More help with the chores of the house. Oh, and I was like, oh, that costs money. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and and you said, oh, it costs money. And I was expecting for you to say, oh, babe, uh, I'm going to step to the plate. Yes. What can I do so I can actually help help you? Mm-hmm. Because I'm the one that, the, that needs to clean. I'm the one. Oh, my gosh, we have help. Yes. Please don't say well, you yeah, clean. Well, yeah, but during the. During the summer, yes, you were 100% yeah. on. Yeah. But during the year, we have help. We, we have help. But okay. still, I'm still responsible for a lot of things. Uh, I I cook. I, I I cook for the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I asked you, I needed more help, especially like on weekends. Mm-hmm. Well, on weekends, I didn't mean the I need I didn't mean the money. What I was thinking about was how I told you that I listened to the Super Mamas uh, episode, and they were saying how they had someone who prepped three meals for them every week, and that way dinner wasn't such an issue. Like. Dinner, all you had to do was stick it in, so you didn't really have to make dinner every time. Yeah, and I thought, oh, that would be a help to you. Yeah, but for me, I was thinking about like help on weekends. So but that's I can, what I was saying. So I can break the, the routine of, of cooking and all that. Because I cook because I'm the first one to get home. Yes. I'm not going to wait for my wife to get from work to uh, for her to start cooking. No, I'm not going to be waiting for two hours plus mm. the dinner that it takes to prep and cook right. things, and everything. But no. anyways, you were triggered just because I was triggered because talk, oh yeah, because I, I was expecting you for you. Oh yeah, I can help you because this part. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, uh, the kids had swimming classes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god! In the morning, I couldn't just get up to run. I couldn't. I couldn't get up because of our weekend, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't get up, and I, and and you said, you know what, babe? Why didn't you just run? And uh, I'll go by myself and take the kids to the swimming class, to their swimming classes. Mm-hmm. And I felt such a relief. I felt so loved. Mm-hmm. That's so, like, you completely see me that what I needed at that moment. And without me saying it, saying anything, without requesting anything, you said it. Mm-hmm. It feels so good. But then, when you say, uh, when I was expecting for you to say, like, like, like that, stepping up to the plate in that sense. Mm-hmm. You said, oh, yeah, it's going to cost us more money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just thinking to myself, this woman. <sighs> she just wants to spend money. This woman wants to fix everything with money. <laughs> and, I, and, 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 and things in the back of my head, it was like, if we were to have a lot of money, I think we wouldn't be par- and, and the parents that we are with, with the children. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you will have a babysitter 24-7. <laughs> and, let <laughs> and let them brace them. And let them brace them. Oh my goodness! I was just trying to uh, to get you what you needed. Yeah, because you know, remember as much as possible. Yeah, whenever we take care of uh, oh me and I knew this and I'm this and all that and we and, and we have family. No, you have family because you need to be present for them. Money doesn't solve things. Money doesn't become parent uh, a parent. Yes, but I was talking about. Uh, like I agree with what you're saying. I'm not asking you know to not raise my kids, but I was just uh, thinking in terms of what can I take off your plate because I know you do a lot. So yeah, and I anyways, was, and that was that's ready to why that. I was saying yeah. like, oh well, that, and it's gonna were, cost yeah, a little money though. You're right? wanting to fix it all. Who, well, can, who can I hire? Can, well, yeah, like so you don't have to cook when you know dinners or you know, I've 
you know, I, I was just trying to think, what can I take off your plate? Yeah, but this is the thing. I connected right to my, uh, right to me uh, or to us. It's just like, by by retirement, I'm thinking I'm destined to be poor for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I know that's where your that's where it, your that's mind where goes. that's where that's my mind goes. goes. Yeah, my mind goes because come on, we we live really comfortable lives, but we can do so much more to save for our retirement. Mm-hmm. And when when you say those things like fix things with just money, money, money here, money there, you're just mm-hmm. like, oh no, very triggering for you. Very triggering for me. Yeah. And that energy carried to the meditation conversation, which was supposed to be very zen, and it couldn't be. <laughs> you just were like, I was like, how is this helping anyone? How is this conversation helping anyone? Yeah. Anyways, I knew something was up because I was like, it must have carried over from our first conversation. So I'm glad we talked about it. Um, I don't know if it's resolved because you still seem a little bit upset. But it's not like I'm hiring anyone to spend more of your retirement money. So, like, relax. Okay? Well, yeah. And I hear you. I hear what you're saying. You want me to help more on the weekends. Yeah. And you want to do less. Yeah. And I... Now, it's not you. that I want to do, uh, do less. It's just that I just don't don't want to go into the routine seven well, days a week. Well, and you're also... the kind of person that doesn't like routine i don't like general. routine that's why i like to go to mexico and see that the rudimentary lives over there mm-hmm. to break for this routine mm-hmm. it's just like ah oh. okay yeah and uh now we're gonna be talking about the meditation uh yeah i thought we could talk about the summer series a little bit oh yeah before we go into the <laughs> meditation, let's talk about the summer the summer series. Yeah. So at the beginning, you said in the mm-hmm. first episode of the summer series, yeah. you said that you were going to do nine. Yeah. But you ended up only with six That's and right. five topics only. Uh-huh. One is, was just to say what you were... Uh, My introduction. Your plan. Mm-hmm. Your introduction, your plan. And uh, and why and why you were doing the summer series? Not not really why, but yeah. you you wanted you felt something, mm-hmm. and you ended up with five topics. Right. One of them being discipline, and the last one being like parenting is not about our children. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that that was a good like? Can can I say like cohort of topics? Cohort. I mean. I, I set out, I feel good about it, I guess, to answer your question simply. I feel good about the five topics that I did. Initially, I thought I was going to do nine total with eight core um, episodes. Um, but, you know, life happened. I mean, when we, were, when we were in Mexico, we couldn't load an episode, so we lost a week that week. And I could have caught up, but I didn't. And then when the episode, or when, um, right before the inequality one, which was the third episode, that's when everything was happening at the border and families were getting separated. And I just felt like I couldn't release an episode until I found a topic that felt like it, I don't know, somehow went with what was happening. Like, I didn't necessarily know when I started out where the series was going and what all the topics were going to be. I knew the first two. And then after that, I was kind of open. I also knew what the last one would be. 
And so I feel like that third one, the inequality um, in our homes one, that was really, it came to me based on what was happening. So there was an element of, I don't know, of intuition or being open to life and letting the next episode come to me. So just in the midst of that, weeks were lost. Um, and and the series became the five that it became. And it they just felt good to me, though. I didn't I don't feel like it was eight. And I, you know, only ended up like I don't feel like a failure. I don't feel like I failed in this. I feel really happy with it. Yeah, I always saw you like scratching in your journal and writing thoughts down. Yeah. Did you have a plan for the five topics? Or were you used like as soon as you finished one, you were thinking about the other one or what's next? Yeah, I would focus on the one and then one topic and then focus on the next one. Yeah, I didn't really know where I like I said, I knew the first two. But but even within knowing, I knew like, let's say I knew I was going to talk about discipline, but I didn't know where that topic was going to go. Like literally the only thing I knew about the discipline episode was that I was going to deconstruct the fact that discipline, the root of that word is disciple and disciple means to teach. That was the only thing I knew I was going to say for sure. After that, I let I just kind of let things come to me in the moment as it, you know, as it was happening. And you know what? I I feel that it was a good thing that we went to the to visit my parents. Yeah. Because even then you had that space. Because one of the things that I love about the summer series is the spiritual aspect. Which I didn't know was going to come up. Like I literally did not know how much I was going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how much I was going to say his name. I didn't know that that it was going to come to spirituality as much as it did. But I I remember talking to Leslie about this from Comadre Wellness. Um, and she mentioned to me, she's like, that's what I love about the series. She said, um, she's let that it, it's what I love so much is um, all of the talk about spirituality and the connection to spirituality. And I was like, you know, it's because it's at my core, even though I don't say it. And I we haven't said it as much on the podcast or I haven't said it as much in my posts spirituality is a huge part of my life and a huge part of my own personal development and this etapa, this stage in my life. It's, uh, I would say even the last, um, since I was 33, I feel like that has been a major part of my growth. And so I feel like it's coming out without me thinking it or trying to have it come out. It's just coming out because it's at my core. It's what I really truly believe. It's interesting that you say 33 because I remember years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, we're recording this episode. Yes. On our 14th anniversary. That's right. It's our anniversary. Today. Our marriage anniversary. Mm-hmm. The 14th. <laughs> number 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember years ago you said, oh, yeah, by the time I'm 33, I think that's when I'm going to start thinking differently, th- seeing the world differently. I feel that something is going to come to me. Well, I just felt like 33 was a special year. And why? Well, because Jesus died when he was 33. So I just felt like 33 is going to be special. And it was. It was the beginning of 
kind of my own spiritual journey yeah. was I, if I were to pinpoint it, it'd be 33. It was my, the beginning of the awakening. And what would you say that a spiritual is at the core of your being? And mm-hmm. why do you think a spirituality goes hand in hand with being a parent? Wow, look at all these deep questions. Um, I think that everything is spiritual, honestly. I think everything is spiritual. And we compartmentalize spiritual spirituality Typically, we compartmentalize it to when we go to church or when we have our um, or whatever practice we have, like when we have our prayers at night or whatever, we've compartmentalized it into only certain places um, when it's really should be embedded or can be embedded um, into every aspect of your life, you know, so and parenting is a doorway i see it as a one of the many doorways into a deeper spiritual life and so yeah i think they go hand in hand i i think that spirituality should be at your core at all times in my when in my interactions with your with you with my partner or in my interactions with my kids with my parents with uh at my work it should be driving all of that all those interactions all of them it shouldn't just be the way that i behave on sunday or, you know, in, in you know. Enclosed in four walls. Enclosed in four walls or within certain practices <laughs> or within just certain rituals and practices that we do. It is mm-hmm. not, it doesn't only live, it, we don't only cultivate it in that moment. I think that's what enlightenment is or, you know, getting to, to that higher level is with, when you're that living your life through that lens at all times. And so... Um, I know on the podcast, we don't talk about, you know, every aspect, but certainly there is an element of spirituality in parenting. And that's why I think it just kept on coming out. Because that's what I believe at my core. I think that's what we believe at our core. Yeah. Personally, I loved, I loved the episode of unconditional love versus conditional. Uh Because that's when uh, myself, personally, I, I just envisioned talking to this person, Mm -hmm. but this person took the form of just Jesus. Right. And I remember you how starting amazing, to cry. <laughs> yes. How amazing how amazing would it be that you can just talk to just this person? Yeah. And and regardless of what you have to say, he's going to embrace, he, uh, he or she is going to embrace you your whole as you are. As you are and mm-hmm. welcome it and understand you as you are with not a drop of judgment. Yes. And I'm like, ah, those people that met Jesus, oh my God, they were a really, really special time. Yeah. What what must that have been like? In space, in yeah. in, in, in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wouldn't have been amazing mm-hmm. to be just... To have experienced that kind of love. To have experienced that kind of love. Love and acceptance and, oh my God. <laughs> it was like, oh man. And, and I see... And I see that we have uh, this many like uh, fictional characters mm-hmm. that represent that aspect, but we just kind of like forget. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, and that. That was your favorite. That was one of my favorites. Obviously, okay. discipline <laughs> is also a favorite because I like yeah. that the construction of the word <clears throat> disciple. Disciple. Love it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, and uh, uh, number five, parenting is not about our children. Yeah. 
Because, Which leads right into conscious parenting. Because I believe that all what? children, all children can be the trigger to awaken the spirituality within us. Yes. Or to awaken a spiritual journey within us. Mm-hmm. If we, <laughs> if we actually let it be. Yeah, if we're open to it. If we are open, open to it, yes. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah. If we're open, it can be that beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and and I'm so grateful, and I'm so grateful that we are in this journey together, mm-hmm. and journey of self discovery, and giving each other the space to just continue to continue flourish and to uh, continue grow mm-hmm. or growth in in those aspects of a spiritual lives, yeah, and, uh, and a spiritual discovery. I'm really glad too, and uh, yeah. And I hope, I hope, I truly hope we're being role models to our children. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we did get one question from yes. a listener. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. We got a one uh, a question from one of our followers, and she said, she said, uh, "Do you follow this specific philosophy? Philosoph- uh, philosophy? I'm someplace within right and respectful parenting." Seems it gets tricky as you go into over four. Yes, I believe four she's old. four years uh, over four years old. Yeah, and for people, um, she was actually asking if um, if I subscribe to conscious parenting as my philosophy. That's what she meant. Um, yeah, I, I think you, I was talking about and, conscious parenting. Yeah, and can you also explain because for me this is new, right? Right, and respectful parenting and respectful parenting. Yeah, so Rye is a philosophy. Um, I don't, I'm not going to stand here and act like I am a uh, expert in Rye philosophy uh, or the Rye philosophy. Um, I know I listened to an episode on the Supermamas podcast where they had someone, because Bricia, who's um, on their pod, on the podcast, um, she actually had her son in the Rye preschool. So she had someone from the preschool come on and talk about Rye. So we can link to that episode on our show notes if anyone is interested in learning more about Rye. And I think respectful parenting is maybe, um, I think that's Janet Lansbury, but I could be completely wrong on that. Anyways, when I Googled uh, Rye, it is a philosophy Um the, the basis of the philosophy is respect for and trust in the baby to be an initiator, an explorer, and a self-learner. This is what it says. So an environment for the child, they provide an environment for their children that is physically safe, cognitively challenging, and emotionally nurturing. And what you're really doing is, from what I understand, is you're really letting the kids lead. You're really being respectful of their boundaries and their space, and you're talking to them continuously, letting them know what's happening, letting them know um, where you're going, what you're doing. Like if you're changing their diaper or changing their clothes, you're like, now I'm going to change your clothes. So first I'm going to take, you know, take off your shoes and I'm going to take off your pants and now I'm going to, you know, undo your diaper. And, you know, you're, you're walking them through everything. People will ask, you know, respectfully before um, uh, giving them a hug. Can I give you a hug? Is that okay? Can I shake your hand? That kind of thing. So you're really being respectful of their boundaries. So the child, the child leads, like yes, and is really um, leading and in control of you know his space and boundaries. He's respecting that personal space. Totally, totally respecting mm-hmm. them. You're also giving them undirected um, play. 
So they spend time just playing, but you're not necessarily giving them toys or anything. Like mm-hmm. everything is their imagination. imagination. So that's kind of the Rye philosophy. And then respectful parenting is um, about unconditionally loving our children and parenting in ways that make them feel respected, supportive, loved, heard, and valued as individuals. So again, very respectful of children and really aiming for that unconditional love. So I don't really know much about them, but here is what I would say. And this is what I responded to her in the direct message as well. But I thought it'd be great to share um, what I kind of said, because I think that you can be follow all those philosophies and still be rooted in conditional parenting. Because uh, for me, conditional parenting is the step beneath all of that, because the question is, what is keeping you from being respectful? What is keeping you from being able to show that unconditional love? That is that is the conscious parenting aspect of this. And it comes beneath all those things to me. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. So if I, uh, if my, you know, my kid is having, you know, um, a challenging moment, and I'm trying to be really respectful of that. What is keeping me from being respectful? I am being triggered. And it's being able to go behind that to handle and heal your own stuff in order to be able to be respectful. So the conscious parenting to me is like the found it to me, it is the true foundation of any philosophy. Uh, for me is the conscious parenting aspect because it is really it, it is what is keeping it is, you know, if you can do the conscious parenting, then you can get, I think, to the respectful aspects yes. more easily because you're also doing work on yourself. Like you can't just wake up one day and be like, yeah. I'm just going to be con- unconditionally love uh, my kid. No, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And if it is really hard for you, it's where that un- it, that's where the conscious parenting can come in to really help you um, think about what is keeping you from being able to do that. Uh, yeah. What are the feelings behind yeah. that for you? What is it that is being triggered in you in those moments? And I will say that even if we... I don't know if that makes sense. I, I will say that when we're not ready uh-huh. to be there for our kids, that, that's when we start to uh, build these like walls be- uh, between the two or between your children. Yeah. Because you're not uh, conscious enough to be present for them because you haven't resolved your own stuff stuff your own baggage and emotional baggage whatever it is Mm -hmm. and those prevents you from making authentic connections and let me also say something that just came up for me and i was just thinking about too is that i think that there is an element of being able to um to in some way mask our stuff and it's also called like armoring i think that you can also numb yourself in some way and armor yourself up in, in such a way that you can almost like fake the respect for your kid in some way, right? Like you can armor yourself so much that you can act like it's, you are being respectful, but it's not genuine and authentic. There is still this anger and this still this stuff that's in there the for void. you. Yeah, that you're, that you're not dealing with. And eventually it is going to come out because there's it only will manifest. so much, it will manifest itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just be aware of that, I guess, is what I'm saying. You, there, you can be, to some extent, respectful, but that, that doesn't mean that stuff is healed and it doesn't mean that it's not going to come out. So, I don't know, I feel like conscious parenting, to me, is the foundation of the foundation. 
Yes, and behind re- all this. Yeah, and uh, it's a, it's really hard, but it's doable. Yes. And it's yeah, in a sense, it's just it's it's a hard journey, but there's a lot of beauty in it. Yeah. When you see all those growth aspects of it, mm-hmm. and the big fails, it's, yeah. it's just beautiful. Even yeah. though they're huge fails, they're still beautiful. So thank you to Michelle. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Who sent in that question? And um, when we get back, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about meditation yes. retreat. We're taking a break, and we're gonna be talking about meditation. Or must to, be in. Let's go ahead into this experience of your uh, meditation retreat. Yeah. 10-day silent meditation retreat. And Joshua Tree. Yes, even for me, that's, wow, mesmerizing. I know. It was It was quite the experience. And um, so I finished the summer series. And then um, I went to the Let There Be Loose Red Tent, which was amazing and fantastic. And I felt like, okay... I am ready um, for for what's coming next. I, it was so there was so much synergy going into uh, the meditation retreat because I felt like, oh my god, I'm gonna go to the red tent. I'm gonna be totally like, I don't know, like cleansed and ready to go to have this experience. And and I think that's exactly what happened. But how did you get to the to this? How did you find out about this retreat? Well, that's a cool story. Um, I actually, what happened was I went to the We All Grow conference and the last day was a wellness day. And before that, I had, um, I had started following Jung Pueblo on Instagram because of Nancy Carranza, who, uh, has also been on our podcast and she would always be posting his Instagram posts. And I was like, oh my God, I love his poetry. I bought the book. I mean, I had finished the whole book anyways. He ended up being at, he was the closing speaker at We All Grow. And so after he did his his um, his talk, um, I went up to see him and I was like, oh my God, like I love your poetry. This is so amazing. I just wanted to come up here and let you know. And he was like, oh, he's like, thanks. He's like, um, do you meditate? And I was like, um, well, I mean, I know I should, but I, you know, I'm not really good at it. And I was giving him all these excuses. And then he was like, you should meditate. He's like, you were a meditator in the past, like, like in a past life. He's like, and he's like, you should go to the meditation, the Vipassana meditation retreat that I go to. He's like, and don't delay. And then he's like, I'm really sorry. I know this isn't why you came up here to talk to me. I'm sorry if I'm freaking you out. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, if you need to deliver a message to me, like, deliver it, like, completely, right? Um, And so that was it. I literally didn't research this. I just looked it up. You have to sign up. It turns out it's free. It doesn't cost anything. You just give a donation at the end of your 10 days, whatever you feel compelled to give. And you just have to sign up because the slots fill up fast and they let you know when they're going to release the openings. And then you fill out an application and they let you know if you got in or not. So I signed up for the very next one that I could sign up for and I got in. 
and it was at the end of July. Wow, that's a that's a cool background story. Yes, Jung Pueblo. Jung Pueblo. Love him. Oh yeah, he's he's amazing. I've seen yes. some of his quotes in his, in his book. He's just like, oh wow. Yes, I very, love him. Very good. <laughs> um, would you say that you were a good meditator before this? No, no, I, I was a horrible meditator. I would try. I tried guided meditations, and I felt defective because. You know, they'd be like, and imagine this, and you're walking down this. And I'd be like, oh, my God, like, I suck at this. I don't see anything. Nothing is <laughs> happening. And then, you know, we'd come out of it, and, you know, people would be like, oh, my God, and I saw the virgin this, and there was flowers. And I would just be like, oh, this is... How you see I dark. suck, yeah. I'm Red like, dark. Oh, I don't see anything. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I would I would do these guided meditations and nothing. I would, I would do the... Um, the calm app and i would try to you know get myself to sit there for 10 minutes and yeah i could sit there for 10 minutes but i really just didn't feel like it was doing anything you know like yeah okay i guess i feel calmer but i don't know it just i didn't connect with the practice as mm -hmm. much as i wanted to i wanted to because I I think I've said this on the show before. You but wanted to have experience a little bit. I wanted to have something because something. because I feel like I I've also said this in the past to people like I suck at prayer like I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, to me prayer is also something like well what 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 is this doing like I don't know like however my brain works however I'm wired, prayer also doesn't I don't connect and I know mm -hmm. you are an avid person you pray every night you pray with the kids I think it's beautiful. But it's it just doesn't work for me. It's quote not natural unquote. for you. It's just not natural for me. Whatever, and so uh, and so because of that, I really wanted meditation to work for me. Oh. So I would try, but it just no, it wasn't something that just stuck. I just always feel like I sucked at it. So for you listeners out there, even if you think you suck, <laughs> yeah, you can still do a ten day silent meditation retreat. That's right, because you know desert. what? I felt like this really was it for me. Like now, I totally feel like I'm a meditator. Because now I feel a little bit like, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Intimidated. Jealous. Because I feel that <laughs> now I feel I gotten into this rhythm of meditating. And I, I feel confident. Right. But I haven't tested myself in that type of a scenario. <laughs> uh, you mean like a 10-day? Like in a 10-day. So and, I might yeah. actually have the wrong concept of, you know uh, of my own abilities. And here's the thing too that I want to say is that I think what was missing for me was I'm, I guess I'm the type of person that I really need to know. Like I like having a teacher. I like having someone instructing me and breaking it down and just feeling like I understand the process I understand where I'm going. I'm getting somewhere. It's like step one, you master it, you're ready for step two, and you mastered mm. it, you're ready for step three. And you and by the end of those 10 days, and this is what's happening at the meditation retreat, you're going step by step in this process. And every day they're changing it up a little. You're getting better. You're you're going up another step, another notch mm -hmm. until you get to the final Vipassana, your official Vipassana process. And then you're off, you know, the, like, and that you're there. It's like, this is what you do from now on forever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, I just really needed that. I yeah. needed that, you need that, that to that. feel like that I guidance. was competent. 
Yeah. That guidance. I needed that guidance. Uh, Because I feel that for me, I'm a a little bit different because for me, it's just like, teach me how to do it and then just let me. Let me explore on my own. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, you do that without guidance. Yeah, but well, I have the guidance over the, over here, the the meditation uh, centers that we yeah, go. Yeah, but it's not like it's. But it's not one on one. I haven't requested that one on ones. Yeah, I so feel, I just feel because like I feel like I'm still not ready. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's yeah, that's how I see things. But now I'm I'm looking forward to this experience. You're gonna do it next summer because I'm gonna do it maybe during spring break. Oh, okay. Because I have two weeks off. Oh, maybe. Uh, so, tell us. Okay. Because you went cold-blooded over there. Call, call. <laughs> cold turkey? Call, cold turkey. <laughs> What's that term in English? I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know. You I went just, just on, on, on the... Just, yeah. You, you just, just went for it. Went for it? Yes. No, 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 no. So no, pre- no preparation for anything. No, not really. The yeah, only thing the I only did. The only thing is you did the coffee. Isn't it? Yeah, I, I went yeah. off a of coffee because for I was three like, days whoa, before you, that. is not making any coffee in the morning. Well, yeah, I went off of coffee because I was worried that they weren't going to have coffee because they they do send you a list of things before you go. Um, they do tell you like you are not. Um, it's going to be a vegetarian diet. Um, they give you. Um, so they give you like the schedule. I'm sorry. I went like brain dead for a little bit. They give you the schedule and the breakdown of what's going to happen. So you kind of know that you're going to have breakfast, you're going to have lunch, and then dinner is going to be only either a fruit and tea or a fruit or tea. or You can have fruit and tea. But those, are, But that's basically your only options. You can have fruit and tea um, with milk. Um, so you basically know you're not going to really have like this big dinner. Um, and, and whatever you eat is just going to be vegetarian. So you know that, so I wasn't sure if I was going to have coffee is what I'm saying. And so I went off of coffee and I think I looked at the schedule, but I don't think you really understand what it means until you're really there. Like, I don't think I ever looked at it and counted the hours of meditation. You meditate 10 hours a day. Well, before you go into the details. Yes. Ah, what was, I know we got some questions from. I am Anel. We want to know <laughs> what was the biggest challenge for you. Um, the biggest challenge for me was honestly being away from my family. It was being away from the kids. It was being away from you. It was being away from everyone because you're not allowed to take your phone. Well, you're. I mean, you can take it, but you're. It's taken away. Or not taken away. You were supposed to submit it. Technically, you could keep it, um, but they ask you to turn it in. Because that is the entire part of the process. You should feel like you are alone mm-hmm. and no distractions. Completely disconnected from the outside Completely world. Completely disconnected from the outside world. You do not leave the premises. You do not speak to anyone other than your teacher. Um, and they have a house manager in case you have issues with your room. Or like for me, the last two days, like I, I ran out of deodorant and I needed deodorant. So little things like that, right? There's someone that you can ask about those kinds of things. Um, and then you have time to talk to your teacher. But other than that, the assistant teacher, actually. Um, but other than that, you're silent the whole time. And it's because this is a, supposed to be an inward process. It is just about you. And, you know, 
when you think about it, if we were talking, we would be comparing our experiences, which would mess up our experience. We're you'd be comparing like, like the, in a, every moment. Yes, you'd be like, oh my God, you felt this? Oh my God, I didn't feel that. You know, like it's important that you not be able to talk to anyone. Yeah, because it's all personal. It is. You're trying to clear your mind and focus. And, you know, you, you kind of come to that like, oh, my God, if you were talking to people, because now I've now that I've been come back, I've now realized how much like it's true. You're always thinking about everything that's happening throughout the day. So if you're having conversations, so, you know, all of those conversations are coming to you when you're meditating. So but the hardest part was being away from everyone. I, you know, coming back to the question, I cried every day. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, Did you I cry? cried every day. In the beginning, multiple times a day, I actually took a picture of the kids and one of our Christmas pick, uh, cards because it had like multiple pictures of the kids and us. And I had to put it away because every time I walked into my room and saw it, I just started crying. And I vividly remember walking back to my room after lunch because that was the biggest gap of in the day was between 11 and 1. And I would be walking to my room and I'd be like, why are you walking back? There's no one there for you. You are alone. And I would just start crying. I was literally crying as I'm walking back to my room. And, and since you're talking about time and going back to the room, what was the the daily routine? So you would wake up at, we well, the first chimes, the wake up chimes would be at 4 a.m. And at 4? 4 a.m. And you um, could start going to the hall to meditate. Because there was a group hall where we would, um, there were certain times of the day where that we were required to be in the group hall. And then certain times of the day where you could meditate in your room or in the group hall. So um, from 4.30 to 6.30, you could do meditation in the group hall or in your room. And I always went to the group hall because I thought if I stay in my room, I'm just going to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So I would get up and go to the group hall, 4.30 to 6.30. Breakfast was 6.30 to 7.15. And then um, 7.15 to 8, you had a break. So I would hurry up and eat. And by 7.05-ish, I would be in my room and I would go back to sleep. I'd take a little bit of a nap. Um, and then by 7.40-ish, I would get up and do the little walk because you could. There was a walking path and I would try to walk because from 8 to 9, back in the meditation because hall. remember even during breaks no no talk no no talking and then um eight to nine it was a forced like in the meditation hall eight to nine and then we would get these tiny little breaks and then you would come back to the meditation hall nine ten ish nine ten to eleven we would be meditating in the group hall to begin with and usually they would do like maybe half of that there and then you could go to the room or you could stay in the meditation hall and then lunch 11 to 11 45 break and you know you'd have your break until one and that's when you could go and talk to the teacher if you had an individual question like office hours were from 12 to 1 and then one to five was again meditation um it, it was broken up into like three blocks so but that was again one to five was meditation, five to 5.45 was dinner, um, five to six, I mean, sorry. And then um, and then we were back in the meditation hall, six to nine, and then so bedtime at nine. They do have clocks. 
there are clocks. And I had my watch. They don't take your watch away from oh, you. Oh, they don't take your watch away No, from so you. I had a watch, so I always so, knew what time it was. what did you guys eat? We ate vegetarian food, and it was so good. Like, honestly, I... I have not had a lot of like tofu dishes and things like that, which it wasn't like we had tofu every day, but I'm just saying there was, um, they used tofu, like tofu steaks one night. And I was like, oh my God, this is really good. Um, so all of, all the food was really good. They had really great soups. Um, one day they had burritos. Uh, I'm just, everything be, uh, uh, vegetarian. 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 So the burritos had like black beans, you know? And, you know, you still had, like, dairy in there because it's vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So you still had, like, sour cream and cheese and things like that. So, but it was vegetarian. And I think it was the fifth day we started getting desserts at lunchtime. So we had, like, chocolate chip cookies and chocolate cake and oatmeal cookies. Every day was something different. And everything was delicious. So even though it was vegetarian, it was very delicious. Oh, wow. Uh, Did you mention any breaks or how many breaks do you have a day? Well, we had the breakfast break, you know, like after you had breakfast, you had a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. And then the noon, the 11 to 1 was our biggest break. And that was the hardest one for me. I always took my shower during that break. And I just had to get creative. I would almost, almost every day I went to see the teacher because I was like, oh, it gives me something to do during this 11 to 1 break. Because it was so long and you couldn't take books. You couldn't take... um, writing utensils so it was really hard um in that sense for me because i'm so used to reading and writing and doing stuff and here you couldn't do any of that so i literally one day got all of my toiletries and i read all of the ingredients wow all the ingredients from the yes toiletries yes I didn't know. And then I just wanted to look them up because I didn't know what they meant. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, I wish I had my phone so I could look up what these meant. But um, yeah, I just, I had to find ways to keep myself going. So you told us some of the uh, emotional challenges. Yeah. What about physical challenges? Well, physically. What about poses? Yeah. It's really hard because you're, um, you are meditating for 10 hours. So you're constantly shifting and moving and your legs are hurting and you get after the fifth fourth day from the fifth day on you enter um three hours a day and we have these one hour sessions where we're required to be in the meditation hall and during these one hour sessions three one hour sessions from then on you are not allowed to move so literally whatever pose you take you are locking into that pose. And it's part of the meditative experience. It's part of your process. It's part of Vipassana is to endure the pain. Um, It's just, it's part of it. So it's like, it just doesn't even matter which pose you choose. Eventually, 45 minutes in, you're going to start to be in pain. Oh, yeah, myself, like numb, some parts of the body. Yes, some parts are numb. For me personally, it was like heat and the pain was like heat, you know, mm-hmm. and that's part of Vipassana is recognizing and observing the sensations in your body. And see, it's, it's all of what I appreciated about the practice. Yeah, so you're not allowed to lay down. No, you're not allowed to lay down there. Or to rest your back against anything. Well, you are, so you can talk to the teacher and they will help and make modifications. So we did have some people that sat in the back against the wall, 
We had some people that sat in a chair. We had some people who were given little, um, como se llaman, como banquitos. I don't like, know. How, like how stools? Say, like stools, I guess. Mm -hmm. Say it in English. Um, so that you could sit on a stool. Um, so, and then they had like these chairs that you put on the floor also that you could sit on. Like, especially to meditate? Yes, Especially but they're the on the floor. Oh, they're on the floor. They're on yeah. the floor, so at least you have something for your back. Mm -hmm. So they did have things to try and assist with, and lots of cushions, um, to assist with the meditation and trying to find the right position for yourself. Um, but like I said, I think that it doesn't matter ultimately what pose you choose, you're going to get to the point of pain. So what got you through it? Ten days? What got me through it? I think I just, I just believed that I was supposed to be there, and that, I I think I was just sold on the process, and I just believed in it, and I saw myself progressing, and it just, I just kept going. I I would count, you know, and I'd just be like, oh my god, five, okay, almost, just five days more to go and six oh my god okay just four more days to go and seven and be okay just three more days to go you know and i would just keep just i'm just gonna get through this day i'm just gonna get through this day you know and just i i can do this i can do it so any breakthroughs or unique experiences you had yes um i so vipassana i know i haven't gotten much into what it's about i like maybe quickly shared you know that the pain is part of the process but vipassana is about observing the sensations in your body and not reacting and you're doing that in your body as a way of retraining your mind and if you can train your mind to not react to your sensations it's almost like you're also training your mind not to react to the things outside in your daily life so things that were maybe would cause anger you were quick to anger before maybe now your your mind is being retrained not to react to them you know or maybe if you would stay mad at something you know for a week now you're going to see yourself get over things quicker because you're retraining your mind but it's through the process first of doing it within your body Mm -hmm. and not reacting and so it's a gradual process of uh, recognizing the sensations in your body and then feeling that intense pain and not reacting is part of it but um there's also what you're trying to get at too is feeling sensations in your entire body that's what you want to get to so i had one experience where I could feel sensation in my entire left side of my body all at once, which was pretty interesting. You know, um, it was only the left side of my body, but I felt some kind of sensation in all of it. I had this other time where I felt heat. My lower, my the lower part of my legs would always have this intense heat. The pain um, of sitting. I don't know, it just generated a lot of heat and pain. The pain just felt like heat to me. And there was this one time where the bottom half of me was all heat and the top half was all 
um, just kind of a nicer, technically like a nicer sensation of like almost like escalofrios mm-hmm. kind of. I don't know how to describe it in English, but how would you describe that? It's just like, it's just, it's a nicer feeling of like uh, in the top half of my body. Like a cooler sensation. Yes. Light it. Cooler. Yeah. Like the little hairs on your body are standing uh, up. It feels like goosebumps, electrical kind of like feeling electricity yeah like static yeah like staticky almost but it was like mm-hmm. the the my entire top half of my body felt like that but the bottom half felt like like um like on fire like on fire and then i had the experience of feeling like my entire body was on fire and that i would say was the most interesting experience that i had like i literally felt like i was a flame And my entire body was on fire. And I was, you know, you're in that, I was in that moment and I can feel all this. I can, I feel like I'm sweating. I must be sweating because I just feel all this heat. I must be perspiring, you know? And then all of a sudden I just thought, in my mind, I just thought fire can purify you too. You know, and so I just, that's what I just started. Like, that was like my mantra in that moment to myself. Like, fire can purify me too. Heat can purify me too. And I, and eventually went away. And that's the thing. All of these sensations and all of this pain and whatever you're feeling, you also come to realize that it passes. Like, I had a lot of pain in the back of my, um, in between my shoulder blades, mm-hmm. I would always get a pain there. And when I would take my mind there and I would just, and you know, you're the teacher's kind of telling you this, you know, and I would take my mind there and eventually as I would circle the area, the pain would go away. And he's like, everything passes, you know, and that's part of what you're trying to also teach your body and teach your mind is that todo se pasa, mm-hmm. everything changes everything passes this too will change what you're feeling right now what your body is feeling it will change too you know nothing is permanent nothing is forever you we can't be attached to anything any moment any anything and so um i loved it you know it was the hardest thing i've ever done but i see now how difficult it is to to meditate here at home You know, I'm supposed to meditate an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. And I now find it so hard uh, to find the time, to make the time. And also when I'm meditating, I can't go as deep as I went when I was over there. And so now I appreciate so much more those 10 days that I see why I you have to go back every year. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, yeah, you do need so to you, do it. So you will do it again. Yeah, like now I'm a week out and I notice the difference in my meditation. I am sometimes able to go deep, but for the most part, I'm not. And so I'm like, I yearn for it. And I find myself regressing a little bit. And I'm like, that's why you have to go back. Mm -hmm. You know, and so now I'm like, yeah, I have to go back. So you will say that this connection from this routine or daily lives. Mm Mm-hmm is obviously it helps out well i think when you find a practice that you're you know committed to for me like i really feel like this is it for me this is a really important 
practice for me to continue on. Um, I do find I that, yeah, if you really want to take s- serious steps in this, then yes, you must do this every year. Every year. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the, uh, it's another question. So the room temperature is controlled? It's nice? It's nice and cool? Yeah, you have air conditioning everywhere. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds like a really good experience. Well, tough, I mean, it, it's a tough cool. experience, but it was certainly worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Very worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw, yeah, when I saw you, I saw like, I saw you like you were carrying less, uh, can I say like energy baggage, like a, the negative energy baggage? <laughs> sure. I mean, I was going to ask you if you've noticed a difference. In yes, because I saw you more calm. Yeah. More calm, more like relaxed, like more focused on the things that are essential in life. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really, okay. I really appreciate the, the new wife that came back. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's it for this episode. I have to say, though, some exciting stuff coming up for for me personally. Oh, yes. Tell us. Tell us. You. you have two well, interviews, isn't it? I do, but you're going to be doing a marathon later oh this month. Oh, my God. In a, in, a, in a week and a half. Yes. Fado's got a marathon coming up. Santa Rosa. Um, I signed up for the Evolve Conference with Shafali for um, October, November. Now I can't even remember, but later this year. Yeah, I think it's I'll October, be at the Evolve, Evolve yeah. Conference. Um, and yeah, I've been asked to be on two podcasts. So I'll be sure to share those as soon as... Um, those episodes get released, but I'll be on the Super Mamas podcast. Super excited. And I'll be on with Let There Be Loose, talking probably more in depth about the Vipassana meditation experience. Oh, yeah. They're going to ask a whole more questions. Yeah. So stay tuned for those. We'll be sharing those. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much. Hasta la próxima. Ciao. Adios. Also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and please leave a review. It is a super, super important in order to help spread the message. You can follow us, our parents on Instagram at iam.isenia at palomenchaka and at somos.bardes. You can also subscribe to their newsletter on their website at somos-fathers.com. Gracias!